Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today on the show, we have Umar Nurmagomedov, who's making his UFC debut on October 24th at UFC 254, along with his teammate Islam and his cousin Habib, all on the same card, all on the same night. It's going to be an action-packed night of fights. Um, Umar is an amazing fighter, an amazing striker, who mixes up his striking and his wrestling very, very well. Um, this is a continuation of the Team AK, Team Habib series. So let's talk to Umar. All right, Kerbatov, thanks for translation. Umar, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. So how are you, Mike? Good. Ochen had a show. Very good. Uh, just uh, the pandemic. <laughs> it's, we're locked in Thailand, but I think everybody's taking a hit right now. The gym is also closed? The gym's open, but not many customers because Thailand's not allowing mm. people to come in until basically a few days ago. And so it's like, uh, no. there's not many tourists. It's like uh, apocalypse. <laughs> I've never seen yeah. Phuket like this. The beaches are nice. Beautiful beaches. No no tourism, no people. <laughs> Just mm. It's kind of like a movie. So Umar, how is it being that you have a fight coming up here now in the UFC and being with uh, Habib and Islam and your teammates finally in the UFC as an official UFC fighter? Uh, в принципе, я думаю, все уже готовы. Осталось где-то от недели три. И что недели две, наверное, будут нагрузочные. Чуть-чуть нагрузки будут. А уже после, наверное, сконцентрируемся уже на весогонку. Все проходит отлично. Никаких волнений таких, что уступаю в одном карде. Вообще нет никаких переживаний. У меня свой бой. Нужно зайти в клетку, выиграть. Yeah, so the training is really good. So they are almost ready. Like it's three weeks. And two weeks gonna be like hard training and one week like weight cut yeah so everything is fine he doesn't worry that he's fighting in the same card as uh, Habib and Islam uh just thinking of his own fight so he has his own fight he has to do his job you know that's it is it cool just being finally in the UFC though kind of getting making that big step to that big promotion and and joining them is kind of what I meant вообще какой тебе вступить в лучшую организацию в мире в UFC вот сейчас у тебя первый бой как вообще какие у тебя ощущения для тебя такой шаг большой вперед. Конечно, волнительно, но это одно и то же, потому что в любых в любой организации ты заходишь, клетка закрывается, ты соперник остается, тебе нужно выигрывать. И мы через это много раз проходили, мы проходили множество раз через любительские бои, очень много большого опыта позади, можно сказать. И Такого не должно быть, что я сейчас зашел в клетку, переволновался там, как-то в какой-то момент взорвался, не перераспределил своих сил или еще что-то. Все отлично, все хорошо, настроен на свой бой, настроен на грамотно хороший бой, на победу. Yeah, for him it's the same thing, so, you know, like it's all the same, the cage closes and yeah. uh, gonna be him and his opponent and it's, that's it. He has a lot of amateur fights. Yep. He has a lot of experience, so he feels very confident. He wouldn't be like worried, like or you know, like he will feel fine. So, and he knows how to allocate his like uh, resources. So, like it's not. I mean, it's gonna be the same thing thing for him. 
Yeah, and I love your style, and, and I love how contrasting it is. Like we talked with Usman last time, and you know his style's different, your style's different, Habib's style's different, but you guys all have that same, you know, that same base, and and your style being such a striker. But it's like you mix your striking with your grappling so well. Like like you strike, you're throwing head kicks and, and all these kicks and punches, and then boom, you get the takedown. It's so fast, like lightning fast. So I'm excited to see what you do in that division. You know, it's a it's a stacked division. There's a lot of great fights. Not looking past Sergey, but I mean you got Garbrandt, Marias, Sterling, Jan, Aldo. It's it's a it's a lot of big fights in that division. So I'm excited to see what you're gonna do in there. Он да, вчера после говорил про э, Усмана тоже, что вы как бы из одной семьи, но мы все абсолютно разные, у нас абсолютно разные стили, и мне очень нравится твой стиль, как ты э, ну, делаешь микс между ногами, борьба, да, ногами, борьба да. и э, он говорит, что в твоем дивизионе очень много хороших бойцов, э, Стерлинг, Ян, и э, как вообще чувствуешь вот, ну, свое, появление, я, да, свое более... да, твое появление в дивизионе вообще, да, что да. ты можешь сказать? Очень много топовых бойцов, очень много, можно сказать, конкурентных спортсменов, которые могут любому хороший бой дать. Ни одного нету там. В топ-десятке железа нету ни одного легкого соперника. И будем доказывать, что и мы из топ-10, и мы, что из хорошей стали, скажем так, что можем конкурировать. Yeah, uh, so he says like there are a lot of top fighters and there are no easy opponents in the top 10 uh, and we just have to prove, you know, that we are like made of good steel yep. and, you know, we just have to do our work. But there are no easy fighters that everybody like will give you a really hard fight, you know. And obviously one, one fight at a time and, and your fight coming up is Sergei Morozov. What, what do you think about him? Or what, what are your thoughts are just overall on your opponent for this, this coming fight? Думаю, хороший, очень крепкий парень, он тоже чемпион в своей организации. И будем биться, будем показывать, кто лучше. Yeah, they know each other, they met in 2015-2016, they, they even had like uh, sparrings together, so they know each other's styles, and uh, he also like a champion in his own organization. So we'll see like who is, you know, is, who is prepared better, you know. It's, it's cool watching you guys now because back in the day when I was training and fighting with AK as well and Javier and my teammates, I had Fitch and Koscheck and Shields would come in and, and obviously the other guys, uh, Thompson and, and Javier and everything. Uh, it was cool that I had such great welterweights to train with. I mean, I had top five welterweights that I was training with and then going out there and fighting guys usually less than my training partners. How cool is it that you're – or how, how – more confident are you and how awesome is it training with guys like Habib and Islam and Usman and Abu Bakr and Javier? Like, like how, how cool is that to, to be able to train with such great guys getting ready for these fights? Хабибом, Исламом, Усманом, с Хавером, 
потому что они тоже очень как бы тяжелые, и с ними очень тяжело. И вообще, какого тренировался с такими топовыми одноклубниками, соперниками? Конечно, ты даже вот замечаешь, когда ты там другие залы посещаешь или там, там с другими ребятами работаешь, что у них на самом деле класс грейпинга даже возьмем вообще на другом уровне, ну ниже, чем у Ислама того же или уже того же Хабиба. И когда ты тренируешься с такими топами, ты уверен бываешь в себе, если, например, тебя все время катает, если, например, Ислам тебе 10 раз делает один болевой, на 11 уже ты ему не даешь ее делать, потому что ты уже понимаешь, как он туда заходит, что он делает. И я думаю, это очень хорошо, что есть такие ребята, которые и помогают, и учат нас, и помогают в становлении, как бы вот ставят базу такую и, и греплинга, если например, видят какие-то ошибки, то, что ты делаешь в стойке, после тренировки объясняют, что как надо делать. Это я считаю, что нам сильно с этим повезло. Uh, yeah, it's a great experience. They're very lucky to have such top fighters. For example, uh, if we take like grappling, grappling with uh, guys like Islam, Habib, and other fight, like other guys, then when they train like with other, you know, when they spar with other people from other gyms, they like he feels like a lot of confidence in himself. For example, for example, if Islam makes like 10 submissions on 11th submission, he like he's learning how he does that you know and then after training the teaching the guys like what to do like how to become better so it's, it's a like great experience and they're very lucky to have it so yeah so you've had four runica chokes i think in your pro career victories for submissions is that is that just a, is that one of your favorite moves or is that just that it was available that many times And if not, what is like your favorite strong suit, like your, your favorite uh, weapon when you go into the, the, the cage, mentally or physically? Как-то, когда ты спину забираешь, бьешь, когда, особенно когда ты бьешь, человек уже чуть-чуть теряет концентрацию, он забывает, как закрываться, оставляет шею всегда свободно. А так, таких любимых приемов нету, стараемся все делать, развиваться во всех направлениях, и в стойке, и в боксе, и в грейплинге, и борьба. Любим побеждать, самое главное. Uh, trying to be creative, but uh, when we talk about rear naked choke, it's like uh, he feels confident doing it because like once you get uh, your opponent's back and you start like striking, you know, you start you start punching, like a lot of people they they leave your like the neck open, so you know it's it's very good good opportunity to do it like rear naked choke. Yeah, and I know from talking to you guys before, being a Nurmagomedov doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a fighter. Obviously, what is it that started martial arts for you? Like, what what was it? What was the first step for you when you were young, and and how old were you when you you first got into martial arts? А вообще, что твою карьеру начало, во сколько ты начал заниматься, как вот получилось, что ты стал профессиональным бойцом? Ну, даже вот, когда я был молодой, 
вот в сторону спорта всегда смотрели как бы с восхищением, потому что и видели, что братья всегда ездят на соревнования, всегда мы ждали. Раньше не было интернета, раньше не было там, социальных сетей. И всегда ждали там, у телефона тоже не у всех было, у отца был, у мамы был. Всегда у телефона рядом с ними ждали, что скажут, как, как они выступили, выиграли, не выиграли. Это, наверное, 2008-2009, вот, вот эти годы, когда ни телефонов, ничего особо не было развито. И мы росли в таком ключе, что вот это прививается, спорт есть, дядьки ездят на соревнования, приезжают. Нравилось это, и потом мы сами ходили на, ну, на борьбу, нас отправляли, потом у отца отпросился, я ну, хотел э, на тренировки по стойке, на тайский бокс хотел, выступали. Не знаю, как-то как так получилось, что именно в эту сторону очень было, вот, отец не хотел меня отдавать спорту, всегда говорил, одна травма, ты уже все завершаешь карьеру, у тебя ни карьеры нигде не будет, ни, ни мозгов не будет. Поэтому самое первое, что ты должен делать, это учиться, учиться. И всегда медиса отправлял, в школу отправлял, в школе старался контролировать, чтобы уроки выполняли, чтобы, ну, чтобы образование было хорошее. И как-то я его уже уговорил, когда уже 11 класс заканчивал, я ему сказал, что и вот у меня и получается. Я тогда уже по тайскому боксу я выступал призером России, стал... Кубка России вторым стал, потом по тайскому я 3-4 раза выигрывал Дагестан, СКФО выигрывал 2-3 раза. Я отцу сказал, давай, хочу в спорт пойти, оставь меня в спорте. И так сидели, и он мне сказал, ну, делай то, что ты хочешь, главное потом там, через год мне не говори, я устал или еще что-то. Если ты идешь, давай, вперед я тебя подержу, главное, до конца где она будет пойти. И вот так он меня оставил в спорте, и уже в Махачкало, когда приехал, я уже приехал к дядьке. В Гаджимахачевском жил, там же утром там же делали зарядку, детка приходил. Я уже с тайского бокса пришел, и вообще, ну, я ходил на борьбу в детстве, но вот эти рефлексы, как пройти, все это вообще прошло. Первые 3-4 месяца, когда ходил на вольную борьбу, ни одного человека бал не, не мог брать. Вообще и настроение портилось, и думал вообще, зачем эта борьба нужна, думал вообще, не буду сюда ходить. Но детка не оставлял, настоятельно отправлял меня и на дзюдо. Он мне куртку дал и показал зал, куда мне нужно будет ходить. Так Джафару мы ходили, и Маракеш, макетный зал туда рядом, туда ходили. И в Гаджи Махачево через день целый год на борьбу и на дзюдо ходил. Больше другие тренировки он мне не давал посещать. Это если на утреннем зарядке, если я сделаю, там бой сильный, вот там я бил руками, я другую все время боролся, боролся. И как-то вот так пошло. И бои тоже... Ни Хабиб, ни Деда Маняб, меня пока я хороший результат по любителям не покажу. Не сделали ни один бой, не пустили по профессионалам выступать. Тогда в 2016 году уже в ноябре, 27 ноября, по-моему, выиграл чемпионат мира. И вот тогда мне Хабиб сказал, все, Берги, тебе можно профессиональные бои делать, ты говорит, будешь драться. Я потом через две недели бой сделал, первый бой, по-моему, в карьере, это было в Москве на Fight Night. Вот так и началось все. So yeah, they were always looking like with excitement towards sports because a lot of uh, they like uncles, cousins, they were doing sports and they were always like uh, waiting for them for their results. 
was like uh, at that time there were lo no like social networks only like his parents they had phones they were always like waiting for results of his cousins how they right. competed like in the like uh, tournaments uh and then his father like he he wasn't you know uh like sure about like him doing like professional sport because he was always saying once you get like one injury you stop your career mm -hmm. you stop like you know like you you have nothing so his father was always pushing him to do like uh, to learn Islamic sciences, to go to school, like to study, and then he like kind of you know make his made his dad like to send him uh, to do striking Muay Thai, and then he like uh, started competing and he was doing good. Uh, then he went to uh, Makachkala to train with Abdulmana. Uh, so in the beginning he didn't do like b because before he didn't do wrestling only when he was a kid mm -hmm. and then it was really hard for him to do wrestling he was like really sad he couldn't even get a point from his uh, like uh, teammates from his opponents in the first like three four months and his uncle would send him like to judo to wrestling he would always train wrestling 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 and then he started becoming better and uh, uh, like when he got uh, he when he became a cha world champion in combat some but uh, 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 yeah he became a world champion in combat sambo and MMA uh, and then Khabib said like now you, you can do like a professional fights and then uh, after two weeks he had his like first professional fight in fight nights mm -hmm. uh, promotion yeah, and then you know it all started like this that makes a lot of sense you know because uh, he's so comfortable on the feet and, and I think that's because that's where it started and, and obviously his wrestling is so good and the way he's managed to mix that wrestling with the striking it's like like I said before when you when you land those strikes and then you get in on your opponent it's just like the, it's, it's it's amount of a second until he's on his back I mean it's so fast it's so it's so unbelievable so it makes sense now. I, I totally understand. <laughs> it's a yeah. good, very good. Thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of people is going to be interested in, in hearing uh, to, to define your style a little bit better. All right, guys, I want to take a second to thank our sponsors for the show. First is FitRow by Habib. Uh, it's not just a snack. It's a way of life. Uh, when you, Habib is behind something and pretty much his entire family and teammates, you know it's good. It's a great product. It's uh, protein bars, protein snacks. Uh, cookies, everything. They got it all. You can get it at fitro.com, F-I-T-R-O-O.com. And uh, that's all you need. Just uh, have a couple of protein bars if you want to be like Habib and, uh, I don't know, go win 28 fights in a row. Next, we have Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick and Mike Swick podcast. The best below-the-waist trimmer on the market and product. Um, I have it here in Thailand. I have everything, all the products and the trimmer, the flashlight on the top, the plastic blades. It is seriously next level. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, enter code QUICK at checkout, Q-U-I-C-K, QUICK, and you get 20% discount and free shipping. Again, that's enter code QUICK, 20% off and free shipping. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by AK Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket. Um, we are currently still doing the 30% discount, and we can also get you visas up to 6 and 12 months. 
Email us at info at akthailand.com. If you have any questions, we can handle any questions, any problems. Uh, set up your visas, uh, pre-book your training, whatever you need, just email us or you can go to akthailand.com and book right now. So when this quarantine is over and you're ready to go somewhere and get away, come to one of the safest countries to come to. There's like no COVID here. So uh, come to AK Thailand and I'll see you there. What's up everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. What is a normal fight? I've asked this before with some of the other guys, but what is a normal fight week like for you? I know a lot of the guys train all the way through the fight, but how is it different? Well, what is a normal fight week, obviously, for you? And then how is it different being there in Dubai and, and going through your fight, you know, getting ready for your fight week coming up soon and, and your normal training camp there? Неделя дабы это это уже вот тяжелая неделя и неделя без согонки. Это уже когда ты бываешь без настроения, все время хочешь, думаешь о каких-то сладостях. У меня вот ближе к бою в Инстаграме вот интересно все уже там же столько еда бывает, только вкусняшки, потому что я только это могу смотреть, как готовится, как там подается, ставлю лайки, там смотрю все время. Кроме вот Висогонки, наверное. О другом ты и не думаешь. Все же все время много воды, контролируешь весь, постоянно становишься на весах, проверяешь. А до этого две недели тяжелые. Да, вот до этого две недели тяжелые. А так таких там э, ты уже вот когда уже проходит это весогонка, ты уже думаешь, быстрее бы в эту клетку зайти, закончилось бы это все. Но э, весогонки. Хоть бы я хоть завтра развесился, подрался бы, уже закрыл этот вопрос. Вот я, ну, психологически уже вот, вот такие моменты даже бывают, потому что ты не можешь кушать, как ты хочешь, там уже все меньше и меньше еды, больше и больше воды. И нелегко бывает, но все через это проходят, и там такого, наверное, сверхсложного ничего нет. So, like, uh, two weeks before the fight, uh, they, like, from now on, two weeks, they will have really tough uh training then one like last week is a weight cut you just like you know to control your weight uh you like you know control your nutrition and uh, he is saying that last week he starts exploring on instagram all the food pages you know he starts liking it like sweets like food other food like he just starts liking it he goes over and over different pages like food pages so it's very hard psychologically and you just only think like when I'm like we'll do this weight and just go to the cage and finish this business you know and, like because it's like very hard psychologically 
but like everybody goes through it so there's no like you know it's not like extra difficult you know so you can do it tell them it's a fun fact for me but i used to actually go to the grocery store before I would leave for fight week. And I would literally go through the grocery store and just put all the most crappiest food and sweets and I would fill my basket to take it home. And so like, when I got home from fight, like the fight uh, in usually Vegas or whatever, I would just have my house would be loaded with so much junk food and I would just binge for like three or four days afterwards. <laughs> so I know what he's talking about. I would just buy all the food and get it ready, put it at the house. And then when I'd leave, I'd be like, I'm coming back for you. And then like when I get back, it was just like, it was on for like three days. Он ходил в супермаркет, набивал просто, короче, холодильник самыми там вкусняшками, короче, оставлял холодильник, уезжал, короче, ногой, просто думал, And then as far as the as far as the UAE and uh, UFC, how is the difference of how they're treating you guys there? Because it seems like a like a luxury environment for a fight camp. I mean, they're I mean, it, to me, looking over at you guys, I'm jealous of like uh, how y'all are. I mean, obviously you're training hard no matter what. But it seems like between the UFC and the UAE, they're really taking care of you guys a lot. Как вот насчет насчет вообще арабских эмиратов, он видит в интернете, что вас здесь принимают очень хорошо на уровне таком, да, лакшери, на люксовом уровне, и у вас постоянно что-то делаете, как бы как бы тем не менее и тренируетесь тоже, но постоянно что-то делаете, что-то интересное, какие-то активности бывают. Да, конечно, конечно, если только две тренировки в день проводить и в номере лежат, очень тяжело. Надоедает, устаешь, и мы на пляж ходим, там, на байки иногда, там, с лошадьми, на лошадях катаемся. Без этого как-то никак. В Америке мы всегда на выходных ходили, на прогулки в Сан-Франциско выезжали, или там, другое место в Таху, или еще как-то. Здесь, ну, здесь позволяют вот другие условия. А так, да, на самом деле, все вообще на высшем уровне и зал и гостиница и питание там все на высшем уровне за что им большое спасибо вообще ничего не беспокоить тренируйся и готовься нужно машинах не нужно тебя дороги думать не нужно там думать посуду нужно не нужно мыть после там ребятам готовить не нужно После там одежду не надо в стиралку закидывать, за этим там сушить, ставить, потом разбирать всю эту кучу. Бинты не нужно развязывать. В этом плане все вообще четко. So he says everything is on the really, really high level. And yeah, they have a lot of like fun because like if you train two times a day and you just sit in the room, like it's very boring and it's very tiring. So sometimes they go to see like animals, like elephants, and they go like ride horses. Uh, you know, they do different activities. And uh, here, like, really wants to thank uh, UAE for hosting them uh, because they don't need to worry about anything, about laundry, about making dishes, about preparing food, about transportation. They just train, train, and that's it. Like so they, cool. they don't worry about anything. So everything is covered. That's so awesome. And then going to your teammates will be fighting on the same night as you on the 24th. How is Habib and Islam's camps going? Uh, 
shape. Yeah, it's awesome, it's awesome. Khabib uh, every day changes his opponents, he does like four or five rounds every day and Islam is doing like three rounds and everything's fine, like the conditioning, like everything just good, they're preparing something for their future opponents. So, you know, they're working really good and everything is awesome. Like they, they're in uh, great shape. I know this is a question that's kind of been a staple of the series, but I got to ask it. How has it been watching Habib since you were young grow to be such a big star? And how motivating was that for you to see someone, you know, e even when I was coming up with AK and, and watching champions become champions and, and these guys blow up like DC and Kane and stuff, that was awesome. But Habib is at, to a whole nother level. And, and you know, when you guys, y'all trained in Dagestan and how cool has that been and, and motivating for you to just see how big he's become? Какое-то вообще наблюдать за Хабибом, за его ростом, вот ты был маленьким и видел полностью его рост, как он развивался, как он стал таким популярным, как, насколько мотивационно это для тебя видеть вот, вот своими глазами вот, просто его вот, карьеру такую, да, восходящую? Знаешь, ну я не всегда был рядом, потому что я в селе рос, а Хабиб уехал, дед Монап уехал в Махачкалу, что в детстве Хабиб где-то 7-8 класс, Хабиб Махачкалу уехал, и я его видел на праздниках. Ну и тот момент, там ролики же есть, где я маленький, вот тогда еще. Тогда я маленький. Я, я, я этот момент всегда помню, всегда просил отца отправить меня туда, к ним, что-то он всегда говорил. Здесь будет, здесь рядом, короче, здесь учесть, там, когда учебу поступать будешь, я так и отправлю. Так и получилось, как вырос. Я, наверное... Как брат, наверное, который человек, который все время рядом, наверное, мало замечаю, потому что когда же ребенок бывает, уезжает ребенок на каникулы всего, приезжает через три месяца, ты вот тогда замечаешь, что он вот, а я все время, да, а я все время рядом, и, конечно, с каждым разом он все лучше и лучше, даже вот взять четыре года назад и участь у него все наработанное, тот же Ганди Павлов, он такой вот, чтобы он так сесть, вот он кажется, каждый раз садится уже его отталкивать тяжелее, и может это и возраст, и физически может крепче становится. Но для меня это ну, чуть тяжелее увидеть, потому что я все время рядом. Это кто-то может один раз кто с ним боролся, и через года два-три поворота, вот он может это заметить. On the holidays, because he, he stayed in the village, uh, Umar stayed in the village, and Khabib went to to the capital of Dagestan, Khachkala, with his father, and uh, like there were even videos of uh, Umar, like you know, running in the gym when he was a kid. So like after like he uh, went to university, he, he started to be with uh, Khabib all the time, and then you know like when you're with someone all the time, you don't see these changes, you know like. Uh, so, like, of, of course, he's getting better in everything. For example, ground and pound, like he's becoming better and better, like every year. 
So, but he doesn't see all these changes because he's always with him, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just from the more success level, seeing how big somebody can become. I mean, it, he, he's, he's the most famous athlete in Russia. And probably, like I said before, the, the second most famous Russian man next to Vladimir Putin. So I, I meant more so just seeing how big someone can be has to be motivating, especially when you've been beside that person for so long. There's got to be times when you just like, man, do you remember when we did this? Do you remember when we were just like doing this? And like now you're like, you know, doing these things. And it would just yeah, seem yeah, like it yeah. would be a, a very... Yeah. Он имеет в виду больше не в тренировочном процессе, а вообще вот как человек, как известная личность. Так он меняется, такой же он. Он сейчас практически, наверное, наравне после Путина по популярности. Человек в России, он очень самый популярный спортсмен в России. И у вас, наверное, бывает времена, когда вы сидите и думаете, а помнишь, да, вот раньше мы там в детстве... Ну да, так бывает, конечно, вспоминаем там смешные моменты из прошлого, там что как было. like becoming always knew him with in 2016 he's the same Khabib so he, he doesn't feel like that he changed so he's you know it's the same Khabib and of course they remember sometimes like funny moments from their childhood and but you know he, he didn't change much you know like it's the same Khabib and then uh, when you were coming up and then now who were some of your favorite fighters that inspired you that were not your teammates and that were not AKA fighters, but just other fighters that you looked up to and that helped inspire you as you were growing up and then even now fighting in the, in the sport? Наверное, это был Джон Джордж, Андерсон Сильва. Это почему я их запомнил, когда мы, я еще маленьким был, я даже представить себе не мог, что я буду в UFC драться. И таких мыслей у меня никогда в жизни не возникало, ну, в детстве. И у нас в селении был э, такой компьютерный зал, там PlayStation был, и это, по-моему, первый UFC, и там вот самые сильные координации, самые сильные удары. Вот у них у обоих вот это Джон Джордж был и Андерсон Сильва. Один из типов армия, другой с... Ну там у них, только у них были такие удары сильные. И всегда их обоих убирали, и они друг друга всегда... Ну, там ребята знали, что они одного того же не хотят выбрать, и их обоих выбирали. И вот они были самые, наверное. Так их запомнил, я их знал. And uh, they had uh, like a gaming gaming club in the city, uh, yeah, in the in the village, and there was a PlayStation. Uh, so it's like it was a like they had a UFC game on it, and uh, he remembers that these two had like hardest punches, and everybody would choose them like they didn't want to choose like a same same uh, fighter, so they would choose Anderson Silva and John Jones. So he, this is how he remembered them, like because he they had the like strongest punches you know in this game <laughs> that's so awesome that's so awesome now now that you're breaking into the scene uh in the ufc and, and a lot of people are 
curious, you know, what, you know, some people have seen a lot of your fights, obviously, and there's a lot of hype with you joining the UFC and everything. What is it that you want to show people in, in this next fight with Sergey? Like, what is, what is the point you're going to be trying to prove the most with this fight and, and what you want the international audience to know when this fight is over? he doesn't feel that, that he needs to prove something to anybody he just wants to win and follow the way like you know of his teammates uh, and uh, like he doesn't even think like that like you know why he's doing it like for fans or he just wants his parents to be happy his dad to be happy and he wants to thank everybody who is supporting him and uh, like worries about him so but he doesn't feel like that he he didn't think of like why he's doing that and what what he wants to prove you know to everybody so he just wants to win you guys are so humble and uh I, as a fan, am very excited to watch your, your debut in the UFC. I, I love watching your style. I'm very excited to <laughs> see how so it's going to... I'm very excited to see how it's going to mix in the division, and, and I'm very confident you're going to win, and you're going to make a big point, whether you mean to or not, or want to say you do or not. So I wish you all the luck to, in, in the rest of your fight camp. I want to thank you for taking the time out to do this podcast. I know it's getting close to your fight, and, and I appreciate you taking the time out to do this for me and, uh, and, and to the fans that, that obviously want to hear what you have to say. So thanks for being on the show, Umar. Thank you. Thank you so much, Max. Спасибо большое. All right, Umar, uh, great podcast and great insight into the training over there in Dubai right now, which I am highly jealous of. It seems like they are having a lot of fun, but training hard as usual, like they always do. I'm just super, super excited to see what not only Umar is going to do, but also his teammate Islam. Um, obviously, uh, the fight between Habib and Gaethje is going to be just amazing. Um, all three fighting the same night on the same card. Uh, I was going to get into it with him and ask. He, he answered it himself, saying that it, yeah, no pressure. He's, he's excited and he's ready. But I'm definitely going to ask Habib the same question um, because I know how it is when I used to fight and my teammates would fight before me. And that adrenaline roller coaster, you know, either your, your teammates lose or they win. But either way, it's like, it's like this. And then you got to fight afterwards. So I will definitely have to ask Habib how that, how that is for him. He's done this in the past, and, and he's going to do it in a big way on October 24th. But I have full confidence in all these guys. I think they're going to make a, a great impression and, and do what they do, win. And uh, 
Uh, anyway, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. hope you enjoyed hearing from uh, Umar. He's a great guy. Uh, all these guys are so humble. They're so nice. Uh, you know, they, they, they never want to talk trash. They never want to be rude and, and obnoxious or, or, or anything like that. They just train hard, have fun, and win fights. And, I mean, that's, that's a great uh, formula, I think. And uh, I, I think more people should do that sometimes. There needs to be some hills, but you got to have these guys too. Um, and, uh, yeah. So if you're on YouTube, uh, leave us a comment. Let me know what you thought of the podcast. Uh, we have Islam coming up next. And then we have the final, uh, team AK team Habib podcast with Habib himself and Javier doing an interview together on my podcast for the first time ever. They've never done an interview together. So we have some really good things lined up to talk about. And I think that's going to be an amazing podcast. If you have any questions uh, that you'd like us to, to throw in there, if they're good enough or if they get enough response from you guys, we'll definitely do so. Uh, we want to make sure that we answer all y'all's questions and, and get everything out there. Uh, we appreciate the support as always. Thank you so much and see you next time.